This is your place for all things Detroit Red Wings and all things Chicago Blackhawks. With your hosts, Jordan Linscott, David Barnhouse, Nick LePage, and Tim Stampanato. This is the Stick Blade Podcast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the Stick Blade Podcast. It is your place for all things Detroit Red Wings, all things Chicago Blackhawks, and news around the NHL. I'm your host for tonight, Jordan Linscott, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Tim Stampanato, David Barnhouse, and Nick LePage. Everybody, the 2021 season has came and gone for the Detroit Red Wings and Chicago Blackhawks. Both teams are out of playoff contention. There will be no postseason. There will be no lifting of the Stanley Cup for either clubs. But you know what happened this season? A lot of growth happened this season. Um, a couple of pieces of news to talk about this week. The fact that Joe Valeno gets his first NHL goal for the Detroit Red Wings. P- picked very late in the first round two years ago. Finally starting to see some fruits from that pick. Also, the fact that Michael Rasmussen, Jeff Blaschel, has basically come out and said he was the most improved player this season. And, you know, he kind of took steps forward. Again, Detroit, in this rebuild, needs to see a player like that take steps forward. Just also reviewing Dylan Larkin's first year as captain of the Detroit Red Wings. It was an interesting season for him and the club both, and just sort of reflecting on what that's been like so far. Also, the fact that, you know, the Wings have a lot of UFAs coming up this offseason and just sort of talking about who we want to see back and who we think, you know, maybe they can move on to somewhere else and maybe go get a paycheck elsewhere. And then on the Hawks side of the podcast, we have a couple of pieces to talk about the fact that Lucas Reichel is expected by all means to sign as an NHL entry level deal this summer. The fact that uh, Mackenzie uh, Entwistle gets his first NHL goal. A big milestone for him as it is any player whenever they make their NHL debut. The fact that Alec Regula makes his own NHL debut for that matter with the Chicago Blackhawks, a player who, funny enough, they picked up from Detroit via a trade last season, and they're kind of starting to see something come from it. And then also the sign-in of Jakob Jakob Galvis to a two-year deal playing a defenseman for them. So that's sort of the team news this week. And the league's front, we have a couple pieces to talk about. The... The firestorm that is the New York Rangers, um, organizationally speaking, on the ice speaking, um, just a lot to go over with that whole situation for that matter. The fact that Eichel watch is a very real thing, it might look like, just given some of his comments that he's made to the media when it comes to playing on the ice next season. And I, I don't want to misquote, but I believe the exact quote is, regardless of where I'm playing, so that's got to send up some red flags for anybody who's looking at the Sabres and saying, oh, you kind of want to go get something good because you might have a real chance. And then also Connor McDavid, it's the 100 point mark for this season. That is a huge accomplishment given how short the season is. And then finally, we're going to wrap up with, you know, who are our favorites going into the playoffs? Because the playoffs are basically set. All the teams we know are going to be in it. And just sort of picking, you know, who we think going into the playoffs has a real shot of winning the Stanley Cup and who we're rooting for, for that matter. So with all that being said, again, I'm your host for tonight, Jordan Linscott. Everybody, welcome to the show. How are you fellas doing tonight? You know, I uh, just saw that Strom scored. And so the Hawks are up three, one against Dallas. I'm always happy when Dallas loses and I'm always happy when the Hawks uh, win. So this is going on the right path to make that happen. 
uh, good to see Strom come back and score a goal. So yeah, that's how I'm doing. Yeah, I'm uh, tired, but here I am. We're 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 thriving through. You know, last uh, last episode for the Hawks and Red Wings uh, for this show. Um, yeah, I just got out of a softball game. I look like shit. So you know, here we are. Um, Looking great, buddy. Looking like a butte. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks. You know, that's, what I, that's what I need. Doing all right. Ready to, ready to take a nap and talk hockey. Not in that order. I was going to say that's a little out of order there. So let's go ahead and just jump into the hockey this week. So uh, the Red Wings have a couple pieces of news that I want to talk about. A couple I really want to talk about, though. Joe Valeno getting his first NHL goal. He got called up a couple of games ago. He's played a little stint with the wings. I know. I see you, David. I see you getting excited. <laughs> <He's dancing. laughs> this has been just a great, a great goal to see. It was a nice power play one, nice and clean, nothing fancy, nothing flashy, but you know what? It's good setup. It's good positioning. You get rewarded for it. And yeah. it's good to see that even in just, you know, I think we had, what was it? Six games with the wings, David. Uh, something like that. Yeah. But, but either way in six games, he finds his first goal. Good for him. Hopefully many more to come. Now, Just awesome to see. Now I did the math. If he had played the full season with the wings, you know, you, you take the goal in that amount of time, you carry the one, you minus the seven, you times the two, he would have had 200 goals this season. Just that tracks. I, I'm not a math magician, but that definitely checks out. Yeah. I mean, beast mode. <laughs> no, he looked great. Um, he fit in well. He he wasn't noticeable in the sense of like, ooh, that's not a good thing like thing to do. He was very smart with like where he was putting the puck. Like he knew where to be. He didn't hesitate. Um, you didn't see like not rust, but you didn't see like a rookie faltering. You saw a guy that kind of knew what he was doing on the ice. Um, like his positioning for that goal, perfect positioning, and it was just a quick right in the back of the net. Um, I look forward to seeing how he grows more. Cause I think honestly, he could start with the wings next year. Like that's the hope, right? The wings have to be looking at him and saying he spent a year in grand rapids. He spent a year playing in the Swedish league. He's, he should be at this point, at least playing third line center. If they're not going to play a, uh, a shutdown center as a third line center, you have to assume they're going to put a guy as your fourth line center to play shutdown. Valeno's not that guy, but you know what? Adjusting to the NHL on third line wing or third line center, I think is not a bad spot. And I don't think it's really an unrealistic spot for him to go. You know, it's, he's obviously not a top line guy right now. It's his first, it's going to be his first real season in the league. You don't want to put top six minutes on him because again, he's still learning. It's, it's his first season in the league. You don't rush players and, we're going to wait to get into the hate for, you know, Buffalo and Edmonton are talking about rushing players, but so really right. you can't rush players. You got to give them time. And honestly with his growth, I could see if he grows like the way we think he could, I could see him panning out as being a second line center, third line center, just flipping between depending on like how we jumble our lines in games. Cause like mm-hmm. we saw Pavel Datsuk and Zetterberg flipping around a lot too, just meshing them in. And I could see him doing that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like this season we saw it, you know, defensively responsible, not out of place all the time, not making bad turnovers or bad mistakes, just very consistent, the best kind of invisible. Yeah. A guy who blends in and just, he looks like he belongs. It's someone on the Reddit weeks ago 
someone's been posting like highlight videos, like 15, 20 minute videos of like him, of Cider, of Raymond, of others. And Valeno's highlight video is just a fun thing to watch. Like he knows where to be and he is a playmaker. Like he knows how to set things up or get it himself. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of young players for the wings, Michael Rasmussen, Jeff Blaschel basically claimed that he was the most improved player this season for the wings. You know what? I got to agree with him. Rasmussen mm-hmm. came into this season and he really took the bull by the horns and he became Detroit's, you know, big centerman. It's, it was weird because the wings, the year they drafted him could not send him to grand Rapids. He was forced into the NHL. He did not look good. His first season up, went course. to grand Rapids, learned a lot. And then he came back this season and now he's, he's really starting to take steps yeah. forward. Yeah. He looks, he looks really good. And like, He's a big centerman, and I think if he can get his puck handling and shooting down, and he can just be a big presence, like he can win face-offs, he could be a guy you plant in front of the goal um, to kind of block the goalie. Like, he could do a lot of things for us. And I'm excited because if he develops and if Valeno develops, our center depth would be, would be very nice. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of one of those guys that became a regular uh, on our show. You know, we mentioned Michael Rasmussen quite a bit uh, throughout this past season. And, you know, it's like we said, it's all about depth. I mean, there's one episode where we just talked about depth, 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 depth. But, like, that's what he is. And he's a big body center. And, uh, you know, he really has come into his own. And, uh, you know, I know Detroit fans are – I shouldn't even say indifferent. Uh, we know how they feel about Jeff Lashill, but still to get high praise from your coach, you know, uh, it's a big deal. And, you know, to see those kind of strides from Michael Rasmussen, it's something you need to see. And we talked about tempering your expectations for a guy like Michael Rasmussen, but still, if you could be your third line center going forward, it's a pretty third, line, pretty good third line center to have. Well, that's exactly it. You know, we've talked about progress isn't linear and Jordan, you hit a great point where, he went down to Grand Rapids, spent the year there, and he came back. And we've seen that progress this year. We've seen him honing his skill sets, uh, shoring up some deficiencies, and really starting to shine where his skill set and toolkits are. Uh, if you're able to have Valeno develop and have Rasmussen continue to develop, suddenly you're able to do some combinations of, okay, who do we want as that second line center? Do we want that, you know, flashier playmaker, the one who's able to like drive play a little bit, or do we want somebody like Rasmussen, a big bodied, strong center who can drive play? Uh, Would maybe Rasmussen with some high skilled wings be a phenomenal second line maybe, or would Joe Valeno with somebody that can make space for him, you know, having those combinations and having that depth, the, the ability to change things up like that, that's what allows a team to put their people in the best position to shine. So I'm, I'm thrilled for Rasmussen. And that's what it's all about. It's about that depth because if we have that depth with a Fabry, with a Valeno, with a Rasmussen, yep. it can just be a matchup thing. It can be, okay, who does, who does this team have? Who can we match them up against? Well, you can have Rasmussen go up and bully someone on a second line or a third line and then have the other guys move around. Like, there, there doesn't have to be a definitive 2C. It could be 
QC by committee, like who's going to be the guy this time. And you put Erasmusen with a veteran like Bobby Ryan, if we re-sign him, um, or a Verana, guys like that that will play off of his skills. It'll be fun to see. Yeah, that's where I kind of disagree with you. Just because we, when we had Max on, you know, we talked about how you do need to have, you know, that stud second line center. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, and I'm not going to completely against it because, like you said, you got Joe Valeno, who could play two or three. You got Michael Rasmussen, depending on who you play, could play two or three. So, like, I I want to push back on that just a little bit because I want to cite the Blackhawks now. Granted, we had Patrick yeah. Kane on the second line, but if you have, who knows, maybe maybe Raymond or maybe Zadina, somebody could develop into a wing that can drive yeah. that play and drive that line. Mm-hmm. And if you've got somebody like, uh, you know, I look at this year with the Hawks, how Suter anchored the first line a lot of the time with Patrick Kane and actually worked pretty decently with him. It wasn't an answer, but if you can have a set or, uh, you know, Hanzus, Mike, uh, yeah. Mike Richard, you know, not Mike Richards, uh, Brad Richards, right. the other Richards. Uh, if you can have a serviceable, stable center that can facilitate oh, the puck yeah. to uh, a winger that can drive play, it is possible. Uh, it's I, harder, I, but I, it yeah. is possible. Yeah, it's, it's just preferred to like, obviously, you want that lockdown second center. Uh, I want to clarify. Yeah, you go ahead, David. I'm saying like, all three of those guys could be that definitive oh, yeah. TP. Okay. But what I'm saying is, depending on who we're playing, they could switch it around. Like, oh, yeah. See. Yeah, like kind of match up. Like, it, it, you know, like you play a physical team, you play someone else on the second line, like Michael Rasmus, he's a bigger body. So I see your point, yeah. And, Tim, you made a great point, too. Like, you have a guy that could carry play as a winger, you, you throw him on there. So, yeah, I mean, the Red Wings are – I think the Red Wings are in very good position. You know, you like what you see out of Joe Valeno out of this uh, short stint that we got out of him. And then uh, Michael Rasmussen are obviously already getting high praise. So, I think the Wings are in, good, in a good spot. You know, they're yeah. going to be drafting high again this year. So, uh, I mean, it's just I – mean, it, you got to be excited for what you guys have going for it. And before you joined, we were – hypothetical situations hypothetically the wings draft shane right next year that would throw everything into another <laughs> craziness yeah and then get counter bedard the year after too <laughs> you're just stockpiling now it's not even fair uh i'm just excited honestly the player that i want to see take that next step forward is giovanni smith because i want to see more of him next year i want to see more of him punching people in the face I mean, yes, but always, but I also want to see him like, I feel like we were watching him and Rasmussen for a lot of the year, uh, going back and forth on their development and their progress. And I feel like he's the next one. If he can take that next step forward, my God, he brings a wonderful element to your team. Mm-hmm. And like he's another player who Detroit really had surprises having for this season. If like if Giovanni Smith pans out as you know a third line winger in the future, great, great. You spent a second round draft pick and you got a third line winger who's going to be with your organization for a long time. You could spend second round draft picks on a lot worse. <laughs> right, we yeah. have oh, yeah. Graham yeah. not. <laughs> Where is he now? I honest to God don't know. <laughs> he's an accountant. I don't know. Uh, one, another thing to talk about with the wings though is you know this was 
again, a really weird season for the wings with just the injuries that they had and just the way that their lineup was put together this season. You had a lot of guys who Steve Eiserman took chances on and I don't want to say he took a chance on him, but he gave Larkin the chance to be the captain of the Detroit Red Wings this season. Um, I've seen people online criticizing Dylan Larkin saying, you know, he's expected to take this team back to the promised land, but let's be realistic here for just a second. Detroit was riddled with injuries this season. Robbie Fabry, Tyler Bertuzzi, Bobby Ryan, uh, just this team could not catch a break this season when it came to their forward pool. And Dylan Larkin is not the player who's responsible for the fact that this team could not score goals. Also, if if Connor McDavid and Jack Eichel can't will a team to the promised land and be all four lines and three defensive pairings, Dylan Larkin, that is asking the impossible. Uh, you know, reading these comments, Jordan. What is it? Where, where were these criticism comments coming? Is this Facebook? It may it may be Facebook. <laughs> they're idiots i i feel like just from an outside observer i think larkin has done a really solid job this year of taking a rebuilding team and helping to instill a uh you know what would what will grow into a winning culture you know you guys always hustled I, i feel like there weren't many nights that i saw people taking a night off uh especially after mantha left which i i think part of that trade was helping hone that culture even more. Uh, I thought that he held his own as a captain very, very well this year. And I mean, like a lot of the games we were blown out in like those seven goal games, if you really look at them, we were playing well, but we couldn't capitalize on chances and our mistakes led to goals. Yep. I mean, the wings atrocious power play to start the season is a perfect example of that. What were we like 45 chances in before we finally got a goal. That's so bad. (laughs) <laughs> but like, you know, you average even, you know, one of every 10, which is about what the league is at. It's a little bit under, but you say one in 10, just say some nights the power play clicks. That's four more goals. Even if that's just an assist a piece on Larkin, that's four more points. And then on top of that, again, you got to remember Dylan Larkin, as great as he is, players have to have players of their caliber around them to really shine. Yeah, you got players like Crosby and McDavid who make everyone around them look legendary, but not every player is that guy. And given what Dylan Larkin had to work with, I thought he actually did pretty decent. Yeah. Okay. 100%. Yeah. I mean, it makes me think of like a Ryan Getzlaff, who is a phenomenal center, uh, drove the Ducks for a lot of years, but he wasn't the kind of, he needed somebody on his wing. You know, he needed other players with him. He was not a, you know, you're right. There's people like Crosby and McDavid that you could put a fourth line AHL plug up there and you go, great. I'm going to turn you into a 20 goal scorer. Yeah. Uh, you've got your guys like Larkin or Getzlaff that they're damn good centers. You know, the people you want running your team, but you need, you need pieces. Yeah. Yeah. They still need a secondary player on their line. Like they, <laughs> like they could carry a line. Don't get me wrong, but they still oh, yeah. need, they still need a productive player. Like you can't, I mean, it's, it's hard to compare with Crosby because you know, you never know what Jake Gensel could have been like by himself. 
But like Jake Gensel is a good example. Like nobody knew of who Jake Gensel was until he started playing with Sidney Crosby. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I thought Larkin had a good season, uh, yeah. and it, it's only going to get better too, especially with the you know the prospect pool you guys got. He's gonna he's gonna eventually get that secondary score, or, you know, whatever that guy that's going to score thirty goals on his line, and it's going to work out. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Dylan Larkin is in a fine spot first season as captain too it really couldn't go any worse right i mean oh go any better sorry 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 <laughs> oops well i was just gonna say i mean and offense starts with defense yeah. and so getting cider up next year helping shore up your defensive lines a little bit a little more stability on that end with people that you're actually going to see long term not just one year contracts and things like that that's going to help that's going to help drive play that's going to help Larkin as well, not having to be constantly aware of like, oh God, I gotta go bail out my def- nope, gotta gotta abandon the attack. Let's go. Uh a little more stability all around is gonna allow him and the rest of your forwards to actually capitalize on chances next year. Yeah, I mean like nope, Snyder just killed that guy and now I have the puck. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I, I, look what he what what he had to go against too. I mean, the level of competition between the Red Wings and the rest of the division. I mean, I know the Hawks were a surprise, but like the stars, you know, they were kind of on the, they were, they were on the brink predators. They were surprised, but you know, are not predators. Um, oh yeah. Predators. And then Panthers, uh, Tampa Bay, Carolina, like, I mean, hard what, division this yeah, year. Yeah. I mean, that, when you're going against them all season long, what do you expect? The other right. thing is, like Dylan Larkin also, he really stepped up his defensive game this yeah. season. There have there have been some great uh, articles detailing his defensive play. He's becoming more and more of that defensive style of forward. And, uh, you know, a lot of players want to go out and score all the goals, but you know what? If you're not getting scored on, it's a lot easier to win games. Yeah. And I mean, this is the first season too, where he actually like, he's the captain. So everything kind of like, it shouldn't fall on him, but everything falls on him. So it's like a nice little wake-up call. Like, all right, this is my team. You know, we're going to bounce back. And it's all about you have to lose to learn how to win. So Dylan Larkin's going to – Dylan Larkin's in a good spot going forward. And the, the last thing I want to talk about for the Wings is the fact that the Wings have a ton of UFAs coming up this season. Um, A couple ones that we can know. Um, Alex Biega, Mark Stahl, Darren Helm, Valtteri Fulpla, Jonathan Bernier. I personally want to see Jonathan Bernier back. I would be happy if they paid him four or five million dollars. I think he's earned the payday. He's shown that he's worth the money. And if towards the middle of the season or end of the season, they want to trade him and give him a real chance to go win somewhere, they can. And he's locked up for nice money. He's only, th- I think, 32 years old right now. So he hasn't hit like that 35-year-old mark where a lot of goalies tend to fall off. I think he's still got three good years in him. He's the big piece I really want to see back for Detroit. And you know what? I know some fans really don't like to see, don't really like his contract, but if they could get Darren Helm back for like a million dollars, I would be fine with Darren Helm coming back. Yeah. I mean, out of the list of names uh, that you went through, Bernier, yeah. Helm, I mean, I like Helm. I mean, he he's not the same player he was years ago, but he's a wing. And I'm, you know, pulling my Ken Holland card here, want to keep him around. Um, another 
former wing that came back this year that I wouldn't mind seeing on a low deal is uh, Filippola. Filippola filled in well when we had a lot of the injuries, like especially with our centers, with Fabry and with Larkin. I think Filippola would be a piece to keep. And then, you know, Bobby Ryan. Bobby Ryan came to Detroit because of one man, Steve Eiserman. I think he'll stick around as well. I would like to see Bobby Ryan stick around to Detroit for sure. Yeah. I think he's the... I think he might be the only one that comes back. I think, uh, you know, it's kind of Stevie Wise taking the bull by its horns now. This is, uh, you're going to start seeing the guys that he wants in rather than bringing back uh, guys that, you know, Ken Holland inherited, or he inherited from Ken Holland, I should say. He signed uh, Philpola. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He signed Philpola. was a smart move, but no, it, it's just got, like, to your but, point, Nick, I'm just thinking you've got so many centers that are coming up if Rasmussen continues if Valeno continues you could have Fabry as a you know second line center you've still got Glendening as your bot you know your your fourth line center is Philpola a redundancy an expensive what would be an expensive redundancy at this point uh, where you could spend that money in an area to shore something else up uh, maybe that money goes towards Bernier I mean, they got money to spend though with all these UFAs yeah, coming up. That's true. Like, I mean, I, I don't know how exactly. Obviously, the free agent market's going to pan out right now. There's still that signing phase and whatever they're going to go through. But it's an all right class. Like, you got a guy like Dougie Hamilton with a contract expiring, and who's going to be available on the market? Like, the Wings need a top pair guy. So, as of and right now, Cater will be available. <laughs> So, I mean, they got money to spend. You might as well spend it wisely. So, like, the wings could start transitioning, especially with all these guys on ELCs coming up. Like, they could – if they spend it wisely, they they could really uh, enhance this rebuild and, like, kind of speed it up. We joke, but Advocator just won a title, a trophy, whatever league he's playing in. You know? It's those intangibles, baby. <laughs> you guys see that video I said? He's throwing that dude over the boards. Yeah. Like, he's a monster still. I love him. I'll never not love that guy. Yeah, that that's it for the Wings news this week. We can jump over to the Blackhawks side of the podcast because you guys have a couple pieces of news to talk about as well this week. Um, the first being Lucas Reichel is expected to sign his NHL entry-level deal this year. Um, he got drafted, goes over to play in the DEL, has a pretty good season over there, and Chicago is kind of in the middle of their own rebuild. Now, granted, a very different style of rebuild than Detroit is, but... A rebuild nonetheless. I mean, Tim and Nick, do you guys think that he's ready to play North American ice or? I think the smart thing is to put him in Rockford to start the year. I mean, obviously he's going to compete. He's going to compete for a spot in training camp and all that. And he might make a statement and make the coaching staff not be able to put him down there. Uh, That said, I think we've seen a lot of guys benefit from it. Uh, I, I don't know, Nick, you have you followed a lot of his stuff this year? I, I think he could be on a third line spot to start, but I don't know. I'm a little torn. Yeah, no, it, it, it really all depends on who you're going to play with or who you're going to play him with. Like, yeah. I think like the way he makes plays at full speed and like, you know, we've heard, I've mentioned it before how he, like, it's not, I'm not comparing him to Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid's in a league of his own. We'll get into that later. But like, he makes plays at full speed like McDavid would. And 
I think he'll compete. You know, they're not going to, they're not, the Blackhawks next season are not going into like, oh yeah, Reichel starting in Rockford. Like they're going to give him every chance they possibly yeah. could. And, you know, they want him up there. So, because um, especially if it's a year on his contract, you want the guy to affect your NHL roster rather than affect it in the AHL. So uh, we heard Scott mention last week, you know, there's going to be 20, that he sees 20 guys battling for well, who sits 12 spots. So, you know, Reichel's going to give it a good battle. I, I, I mean, I think there's a chance he starts in the NHL next year, but we'll see. I, I guess that's, I guess that's my issue is who, who sits, who is he going to go out and maybe he does, maybe he blows, you know, everyone out of the water and they say, well, we got to put somebody on cause we need him on the roster. He's going to be one of our 12 best forwards. Uh, but I don't want to lose Kurashev. Nope. I, I don't want to lose uh, Hagel. Certainly, Not you've happening. got <laughs> you've got Suter potentially coming back. He's RFA. Who knows if we can resign him? But he's RFA, so we've got his rights. Nylander's coming back, who was a complimentary scorer. He had ten goals, I think, last the last year he played. Uh, God, that is there. Strom is there for the time being. I do think we're seeing a possibility of him get traded more and more. Yeah, especially with Godet. Uh, showing what he can do for us. Uh, Camp, you know, we've got the possibility of Henestrosa coming back, which if it's between Henestrosa and Reichel, I love Vinny, but oh, yeah. Good you, you <laughs> gotta go, you gotta go <laughs> Reichel. Uh, but it, it's tough. We've got a massive competition, which is good, but I just want to make sure it's truly the, well, no, no, no. Are we in a position as a team where we should be icing the 12 best forwards or should we be icing the guys we want to see on the team long-term? Yeah. And I think that's a good point to make. I, you know, I think Stan and Danny Wirtz are in a really good position right now where, you know, it's no rush. You know, we already came out with the statement like the Rangers did again. We'll get into them later. <laughs> a um, lot of good that did. Yeah. Some people. Yeah. Well, I mean, like the Blackhawks came out and said, Hey, we're rebuilding. You know, this is where we are. This is what we plan on doing. Uh, you know, maybe they want to take their time on Reichel, get him adjusted to North American ice in the AHL, playing with, you know, we got like the young defenseman that we have coming up. So it really all varies. I mean, does he impress that much? Does he not? Who knows? You don't yeah. want to blow it. It's, it's a storyline I'm excited to follow. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm trying to think about it from like your guys's perspective you've got quite a few guys this season who were surprises by all means yeah. guys oh, who God, yeah. just sort of filled in and you formed a cohesive unit my thing is if you inject reichel into your lineup a who is he overtaking and then also on top of that you've got i don't want to say a, a guy who's not accommodated to the speed but it's a very different league than the one he's coming from. And I would be curious how bad or how big the growing pains are in that big of a change, because the DEL is, it is not on par with like the Swedish league or the KHL, for example. And to make that big of a jump is I think a big jump. Yeah. You don't want to rush it, especially with the guy that you see as a future piece. I mean, you don't want to be like Buffalo. You don't want to be like Edmonton with Yakupov. You, 
you want to give these guys a chance to learn and grow and just throwing them into the fire is not always the best option. You know, generational people like Connor McDavid. Yeah, sure. Fits right in. But a young guy like this, give him time to grow. I think. And that's where I think having this competition and the sheer amount of people is going to be good for both the team and Reichel where they can say, you know what, if we were a little more shallow at the talent pool, we would have really no option but to put him in. If if Reichel came in two years ago, mm-hmm. he'd be in. I yeah. truly believe I, that. But now you can put a, thir- a fourth line of Entwizel, Hardman, Hardman, and Camp uh, if you wanted to, mm-hmm. that you can put combinations of, you know they're going to give Nylander every possible chance next year to jump back. Yeah. Uh, I think that there's a lot of room for them to say, hey, we've got other guys that their development is best served in the NHL right now where your development is best served eating top six minutes on the power play and the penalty kill in Rockford. But I think he's going to fight for it. I think he's going to make it hell for him. I I think the good thing about having this competition too, will show him where he needs to be. He'll be like, yes, I'm, you know, I'm a good player, but I get it. I see why they're here and why I'm going to be here for now. If they just threw him in the lineup saying, Oh, you're, you're, you're it. You're our star now. That would hurt him. But him losing so to speak a competition with other players will show him where he needs to grow and develop no you guys both make great points too with uh one the big thing you mentioned was competition you know uh that's and the hawks are gonna have money to spend you yeah. know that they have a lot of coming up you know they're not gonna just be like they're not content with what they have right now like yeah they they've seen impressive signs but like this is this is like the team we see this year and like the what we have upcoming it's not it we're gonna see more we're gonna see more competition brought in we're gonna see some veterans brought in and that's uh and it makes a good point to like what we've seen out of what the hawks did i don't want to go too much into detail but like maybe that's why we've seen the downfall of the hawks like with it with what was going on like the competition kind of staled out it was just the young guys so you want reichel to you know have some pressure coming up like mm-hmm. you want him to work his ass off and earn that spot yep, yep. Cool. Um, put, speaking of kids who put put the hat or put the hustle in for that matter, uh, Mackenzie Antwistle gets his first NHL yeah. goal this uh, this past week. Cool, cool. Nice little feed side on a, what was it? it? Was a two on one right that he had yep. where he, yeah. I got I fed cross crease. That was a uh, was that Hardman to Entwizel and then Hardman's goal was Entwizel to Hardman. Am I correct in that? Yeah, I think that's that's what I remember. Because they I each think. like in different games, and Patrick Kane was the uh, secondary assist yeah. on both of them. Yeah. So I, I think that's what broke down. But yeah, that's kind of a cool thing to see. Um, and again, it's the end of the season. It's kind of a quick like as a player, it's a good note to end on. Yeah. It's uh, the other thing though, Alec Rugula, the uh, the player that you guys acquired in the trade from who is it, Brendan Perlini? Yeah, uh, you know, you guys definitely won that trade, but we'll uh, <laughs> we'll settle for Regula. Hall of Famer Brandon Perlini. He's but, somewhere now. <laughs> but no, he made his NHL debut for you guys this week as well. And was he flashy? Was he some breakout player? Nope. But you know what? Serviceable. He's got a heck of a shot. He's big. Yeah. He's and he big. like and he brings it. He knows his body. His the length of his stick check is really impressive. He utilizes his length. Uh he's got a booming shot. I, I like what he, I know he's like an offensive defenseman, but a 
like six foot something offensive defenseman, I'll, I'll take that any day of the week. We've got so many undersized offensive defensemen. This really is a different energy that we're bringing to the table with him. Yeah. So I'm going to kind of tie two and two uh, with uh, something we have coming up, you know, with Jacob Galvis, you know, uh, yeah. a lot of the criticism was, you know, the Hawks have too many undersized defensemen. And this is what Alec Regula is here for. Like he's a different, he's a different specimen. He's something we're not used to. We have Ian Mitchell, Adam Oquist, uh, Nicholas Bodan, uh, Wyatt Kalanick. Like these guys are all small defensemen. And now we have guys like Regula coming in and we got guys like Riley Stillman who are new to the team, but like, yeah, you know, uh, we're starting to see like a little change and Alex Vlasic again coming up. So we got a nice balance of undersized defensemen, but like we got more, we got bigger defensemen coming up as well. I think you made a really good point about something different. What excites me about Regula is Zadorov, uh, Stillman, and Alex Vlasic are all primarily more defensive defensemen that can chip in a little bit, uh, but they're really defensive defensemen. Whereas, so we've either had big defensive defensemen and little uh, offensive defensemen. Now we've got Regula, who is this big offensive defenseman. And I mean, that's basically, in a lot of ways, that's kind of what Seabrook was. Like, his, his power play shots, like, his goal scoring, his, like, rippers from the point, uh, that was what a lot of Brent Seabrook brought to the table, a big body defenseman that can score, similar to, like, Bufflin, too. Uh, if this, you know, if Regula can hone a little bit of that and use his body to get the puck, be hard to be knocked off, and be able to do that, have those offensive instincts, mm-hmm. man, that's legitimately exciting. Even if he's just a like bottom four defenseman. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's an interesting piece, you know, we'll, uh, we're going to see a lot of, I, we're going to see a lot of him next season. I think, uh, you know, with what we've seen this year out of the Hawks and what they've got rid of, we're going to start seeing kind of things. And he's a righty, right? Yeah, he is a righty, which is not, uh, we, the Hawks are, you know, pretty fluent with right-handed shots in their defensive uh, system. But, uh, yeah, it's we're going to kind of see things unfold. I think next season the defense is kind of shape itself, and uh, we'll see. I mean, I think Regula is uh, he's earning he's earning high praise within the organization in Quite a very much. short time, which yeah. is really exciting. Also, Hinnestrosa just scored. It's four-two Dallas now. Four-two yeah. Hawks. Hawks. Yes, for two Hawks. I don't mind me. I like the opposite of the Red Wings with Brendan Perlini because I don't think we'll be seeing much of him. I I, I don't even know where he's at. He was a great quote. I, I it seemed like a really interesting guy. Yeah, uh, good dude. Scored that, in bunches. Yeah, and that's really all I have to say. He is about him. <laughs> a he plays for he Ambry Piota. He's a nice Brit. He's a very nice Brit. Yeah. Um, and the, the last piece of, or yeah, the last piece of Hawks news that I have is that they've signed Jakob Galvis to a two-year deal. Um, the contract is eight sixty-seven point five per year, so it's it's a minor contract for a two-year yeah. deal. It's it's an option. Yeah, mm-hmm. at worst he's gonna be. I think at worst I think he'll be a very good defenseman for Rockford. 
at best, he earns a, you know, he competes and earns a cup of coffee in the NHL. I don't see him surpassing Mitchell or Cal Nuck or Boquist, but I think it's certainly a possibility. I liked his play this year from what I did follow and just sort of like catching his reels and whatnot. He seems responsible. He seems to have grown a lot uh, skill-wise and physical, like body size-wise. I, I don't know, Nick, have you been able to check out any of his stuff? No, uh, I, I really can't say that I have. You know, he was what? He was a fifth-round pick, right? Yeah, uh, he yeah. was definitely late rounds. Yeah, I, I think he was fifth to be uh, – but you know he's a smaller. He's smaller. Yeah, he's another. He's, yeah, he's an option. You know, it's you know, we we've seen guys that kind of came out of nowhere. We didn't expect much of Wyatt Kalanuck, and look at how much he's impressed us. So yeah, uh, or Lucas Carl. Oh, you know, he's gone now, but he impressed us a lot, and he got quite the return what he was involved with. So, uh, it doesn't hurt. You know, it doesn't hurt. You know, it's an option. You know, he might be ready a couple of years down the road. Uh, we'll see with that. But no, that's really all I have about Jacob. Yeah. Jacob, yeah. Jacob, I mean, Jacob again, uh, I actually, right now, we've got so many defensemen that are pushing and getting in right at the spot where they're almost or they are ready to be in the NHL. It's not bad to have a Galvis that's no, maybe two years away if he's going to be. Uh, you know, it, it, it's just another option. I mean, you can't have too many options. No, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with uh, this young decor, it's going to be fluctuating quite a bit. Do you want to, sorry, boys. I don't mean to kind of stall things that article that I sent earlier about what the scouts or what the scouts were around the league were saying about the Hawks. Do we want to get in that or do we want to get in that at the next episode? I think we can get into that next episode okay. because it'll give us something to talk about yeah, for yeah, a pretty right. length of time. Yeah, yeah. Because I have a lot. I have a lot to say. Yeah, I got a lot of <laughs> thoughts, but like I, I kind of want to put those in. Like, let's, yeah, let's save those order. for the next one. Yeah, sorry, boys. No. You know what? that'll be a teaser for next uh, for next week's episode. We'll be sort of breaking down our thoughts on where the Wings and the Hawks are at in their rebuilds right now. Yeah. There's gonna be some spicy takes. <laughs> Ooh, are we gonna um, go off for food? Spicy food? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, the rest of the league has quite a bit of news itself, oh, though. <laughs> Boys, are you ready to talk about the Rangers activating battle royale mode? <laughs> All right. So, for anyone who hasn't been paying attention to what was going on with the New York Rangers, this is the situation. The New York Rangers uh, Rangers were playing against the Washington Capitals. The game is going fine. And all of a sudden, Tom Wilson decides that there's a player on the ground. I need to cross-check him on the neck into the ice. Somebody comes up from behind him, puts him in what looks like a chokehold from behind. Wilson I think it was Ryan, Ryan Strome knocked, like, from, I've watched this a couple times because, full disclosure, the Rangers are my Eastern Conference team. Huge Rangers fan, love them. Uh, what it basically appeared as I've watched this so many times, uh, Pavel Bushnevich of the Rangers is face down on the ground and Tom Wilson says, oh, well, this is such a sweet treat. And he bop, you know, just punches him in the back, like basically back of the neck. Ryan Strom, Dylan Strom's older brother, dives, knocks him off, wrestles him to the ground. 
I think it was Dowd comes in for the Capitals, gets onto him. Wilson comes back up, ready for more, and goes back to Buchnevich. At this point, Artemi Panarin, Poor guy. smaller, skilled, you know, superstar, slides on over. You, you know, he gets onto. Uh, now people are saying Panarin jumped on his back like a koala. If you watch it, it appears more that he Wilson is down. He comes over, Panarin wraps him around to get him off of Buchnevich. Wilson lumbers up, rising Panarin into the air, and then he proceeds to WWE him and just takes him, throws him to the ground, knocks his helmet up, picks him back up, and throws him like a ragdoll back down again. You'd think, surely, surely I'm a reasonable person. This is at least a one-game suspension. Aha. George Peros had a player safety says five grand fine for slap roughing on slap on the wrist. That, it, yeah. That's it. When nothing, no, saying, nothing needed. And when, so Jordan, if you want to go into uh, what happened next, when, when, when you were saying um, people are saying like he jumped on him, that's the caps fans. I have to talk to. I'm so sorry. They go, well, Wilson, he, he, he attacked Wilson and Wilson was just, you know, fighting back. I'm like, Wilson's a fucking goon. I am so sick of seeing, he's like the Vontez perfect of the NHL. And I'm so sick of seeing the crap he gets away with. I, it drives me insane because I love gritty hockey. I love hard hitting. I think most, most of us, you know, here love gritty, hard hitting Rocky hockey. I, I love a good enforcer. I love a good fight. What Tom Wilson does and what Tom Wilson especially did here is crossing the line into uh, Rafi Torres style, dirty play that a true enforcer would have destroyed him. Enforcers were in the league to protect players from people like Tom Wilson. Well, yeah. And here's the problem. Tom Wilson, you know, enforcers have died. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's a dead breed. You know, we don't really see much. Ryan Reeve is kind of one of the last of them. Yeah. But Tom, all right. So Tom Wilson is one of those players. Yes, he goes over the bound. He goes above and beyond. He, he's Andrew Shaw, but plus more of a dickhead. <laughs> Sorry, that's a terrible way to phrase it. But like, he's skilled. Tom Wilson's very skilled. Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, and you know he should he shouldn't go over the boundaries like slamming Artemi Panarin. Or, you know what what happened with Busnevich. It's just, uh, but to all the people saying kick him out of the league. Like I, I, league. I'm, I'm certainly not there. No, but, it's just, I don't know. It's just dumb. Like, I mean, he needs but, a lesson. He needs a lot. He needs to be suspended. Okay. I'm going to put it this way. He needs to just be suspended more than five games. Like 20 games is fine. 20. This, this would be like me as a teacher. And I see a student trying to stab another student with scissors. And I, and I grab the scissors and I go, no, Billy, you don't do that. Don't do it again. <laughs> no, no. Billy's gonna stab that kid. <laughs> that kid's getting stabbed. Yeah. Uh, and and I look at it. Rafi Torres was a very skilled player. He did not have to be the, the type of huh? Matt Cook. Yeah, Matt Cook is another Matt one. Yeah. Uh, that's what frustrates me with Tom Wilson. He could be like my ideal type of hockey player. That hard hitting, gritty power forward that scores goals and you don't want to touch him. Uh, but he consistently, his wires get crossed and he takes it too far. Yep. So you take it to the next night, which 
there's a uh, the the Rangers then play the Capitals again. again. And again, the league did nothing to uh, resolve this issue. A one-game suspension could have avoided a lot of yeah. unpleasantness. Could have. But the Rangers come back out. You see the two lines line up. Tom Wilson's not even on the ice to start the game. It's, you know, two lines out there. Puck drops, start of the game. All gloves are off. Three fights are going at once. One second into the game. It's it's chaos it, at it, this point. It brings me back to the Wings avalanche. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's I exactly. So happy to see that. You know, oh. it, yeah, go ahead. No, no. I mean, it was old old school hockey, you know. It was kind of like, all right, let's settle this shit ourselves. If the, I mean, league, the league's not going to step in, all right, it's up to us. And that's exactly it. You know, they finally finished those three fights, and they calms down a little bit. Tom Wilson's first shift on the ice. The minute he gets the puck, you see Brendan Smith zoom in and boom. There 51 it goes. seconds in. 51 good seconds old, in. Good old Brendan Smith. I he he just won the the players player, the the good guy award for the team, you know, whatever the Rangers give out their awards for the year. Uh let's talk about the aftermath, though. Please, let's talk about the aftermath. Can, all right. Can I you want me to just suffix it like just bring it yeah. to all the all right, so, so yeah. I, I want to talk about one thing before yes. we move to the aftermath of this sorry can we all please admit that the fines are at the nhl level for the players are a complete joke it's a five thousand no, dollars for tom wilson is nothing like a dollar literally he the man makes five million dollars a season you are taking what is the equivalence of like one percent of his salary for this? Not even. No, yeah. it's it's something that has to be renegotiated in the next CBA. It's not something because like all of this is set in the CBA right now. It you know the league doesn't have a lot of flexibility on this unless they suspend somebody. Uh, it, this been. has to be negotiated in the future. Yeah, and the thing that's kind of sickening is like you know the NHLPA. They're more focused about, you know, defending its offenders, really. Like, like, hey, that's too much. Or kind of saving the pockets of their offenders of what people, rather than their own safety. So oh. it's it, it's a, it, it, like $5,000 being the maximum you could oh. find someone? Oh, Are you no. kidding me? Oh, no. Tom Wilson took off his skate and tried to slash him. That's the first time he's done it, though. That's a 3000 No, that's just an $8,000 fine. It's a damn joke. Yeah, it's one of the few times that I will ever sort of say that the union didn't represent its players in their best interests at heart in that they're, moment. They're protecting. It, they're protecting scumbag. I mean, yeah, they're protecting scumbags rather than protecting, scumbag play. You yeah. know, even if it's a good person, good player, it's a scumbag move. Yeah, like, oh man. Like, and then, sorry, go ahead, Jordan. Like this is literally the equivalence of you walking into work, taking your fists and literally just clocking somebody in the face like two or three times and your boss saying, okay, well, give me $5. Yeah. Give me five or 10 bucks and we'll call it square. Just give me five or 10 bucks and we'll call it square. No big deal. Like, so ball at work the next day. Cause I'm all in. (laughs) So the Rangers, uh, organization released a statement slamming the lack of a suspension, slamming Tom Wilson and saying that George Peros, head of the NHL player safety, uh, it was a dereliction of duty and that he was unfit to uh, represent player safety. Uh, and so <laughs> the league fined 
the New York Rangers $250,000 for saying that the guy's bad at his job. That's 50 times of what Tom Wilson got. 50. And not only that, not only that, Jeff Gordon and, uh, yeah, Jeff Gordon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and Davidson. Yeah. All right. So yeah, not only did they get fined quarter million dollars for the organization, you know, whatever it's the Rangers. Yeah. It's nothing to them. But the guy that kind of brought the red, the red wing, sorry, Rangers (laughs) into what they are now, you know, this team that has been on the brink of the playoffs last two years, who said three years ago, Hey, we're rebuilding. This team's going to be something in a couple of years. Give us time. Get, be patient with us. We're going to turn into something. We've seen signs of promise with the Rangers. I think collectively we thought they were might, they might make the playoffs this year. And uh, guess what? Guess what? You're shit canned. You know, it, because they disagree with their owner. And Jeff Gordon is one of the probably best GMs on the market right now. And it's just. Yeah, honestly, you could do a lot worse. Uh, Gordon's been able to bring in a lot of quality talent. His drafting has been really, really good. Uh, He's escalated the rebuild. I'd say he brought them up a lot faster than they were probably planning to be. And John Davidson has been a very solid president of hockey ops, certainly. Uh, Again, you can go way worse. Now, they are saying officially that this had nothing to do with the the disagreement uh with you know because gorton and davidson did not like the letter that was released that was released by the owner of the uh rangers james yep and so there was a rift there's a whole bunch of drama here and it's a bunch of you know who's you know it's a bunch of you know hearsay at this point but it's coincidences like this are i don't know i I have a lot of trouble swallowing that james dolan ruined the knicks he has no problem ruining the rangers either like you got lafreniere and Kako back-to-back years and you're like all right these guys are good see ya and you got panarin like he 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 stole panarin from the island panarin's going to the islanders but you know jeff gordon was there it's like hey come to new york you're gonna play in madison square garden you're gonna be a superstar in new york city so you who pick would have here. Thought, who would have thought retired NASCAR legend Jeff Gordon has such a great <laughs> hockey? I mean, good for him. I would yeah. give anything in this world. <laughs> he's a top. He's a top name on the market now. I oh, mean, sure. I, I don't know. It, it, the Rangers are a shit show. Tom Wilson killed the Rangers guys as a whole. Uh, yeah. What, they, thought, what an interesting week, though. Oh, oh my God! Great for news. Great for uh, hockey Twitter. Yep. <laughs> Crazy. What was the other piece? Um, Jack Eichel watch. Yeah. Lordy. So I, again, yeah, for anyone who's been under a rock, um, it's been very evident the past couple of years that Jack Eichel is not happy with the situation in How Buffalo. And to It'll... say not happy with that, I think is a very gross understatement. Basically he got asked this week, you know, about next season and he, I've, and again, I'm not, sure this is the exact quote, so I'm kind of paraphrasing here. But he was asked about playing next season. He said, yeah, I'm excited to get back wherever that may be. And ever that may be. (laughs) I know, I know I'm I'm inferring things from what he said. How could you not? 
You don't say something like because that unless he, you want to go somewhere else. He's on what was when it was signed an eight-year contract. I don't remember how many years he's got Oh, left. he signed an eight-year. Yeah, but I don't remember how many years he's got left. Uh, so to say wherever that may be, it, it his stability shouldn't be in question with his – it's not like he's a UFA. Uh this is massive. He talked about how there was a disconnect between him and the organization. They were telling him what he couldn't, couldn't do regarding his surgery on a herniated disc in his neck. Uh, so not only is Buffalo run into the ground as an organization, but they're also at odds with Eichel's health and best interests in his mind. Man, that's Oh man, could you could you imagine if like Austin Matthews broke his wrist and the Toronto Maple Leafs organization said, "No, we don't want you to have surgery on it. We'll Suck just it up. yeah, we'll just uh, board it and tape it up, and it'll heal by on its own." Uh, it's Buffalo, you know. It, what a terrible, ter- and a, what a wonderful city, wonderful fan base. They deserve. They are a hockey crazed city that does not deserve. What they have there. You get a generational talent like Jack Eichel, and you frustrate the hell out. Like he's captain, one of the the youngest captain in franchise history. And guess what? Now he's pissed off. He doesn't want to be there. Like, and he shouldn't want to be there. No, (laughs) why would he? Like, there's there's been no signs of promise since he's got there. He's been there for what seven seasons? Seven seasons now, right? Five, six, seven. I mean, I it's think it's right. six because he got drafted the same year Larkin got drafted. And, and same year McDavid got drafted. He was this number two after McDavid. 2015, right? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going on seven seasons now. He's been stuck there. and It's been, all right, what do you got to show for me? Uh, nothing. You know, you, you brought in Taylor Hall. Guess what? He's gone. Uh, Sam Reinhart, this number three overall pick. Yeah, he's not great. Jeff Skinner. Yeah, uh, Jeff Skinner. Yeah, hey, here's $8 million. Go play on the fourth line. Nine. Dowling. Oh, nine. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dowling. It's Buffalo. They're going to fuck things up. Sorry. They're going to mess things up. And it's just, I feel bad for the guy. Like, he's a generational talent. And what does he have to show for it? Nothing. So, a herniated disc in his neck. Yeah. The, the thing that really I, I really don't get about this situation is Jack Eichel's not saying, you know, I want to go get surgery for fun. He's doing it because a doctor recommended it to right. him. Like, it's not like Jack Eichel just went to a doctor and said, hey, recommend a surgery for me, please. And then the doctor said, um, herniated disc, I guess. He, he's screwed. Surgery. Jack, <laughs> Eichel, Jack Eichel's screwed. You know, the Sabres have no leverage. Like, they, we've seen it with Taylor Hall. They got a second round pick and Anders Bjork. <laughs> What you're going to want, you want a, you want, what is it called? What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, King's ransom for Jack Eichel. And you're not going to get that if you're Buffalo. You I just know, I just know that the Buffalo Sabres are going to look great when they eventually become the Quebec Nordiques. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, I love the city of Buffalo. I don't want So do I. Let's bring back the Whalers. Uh, Carolina, my uh, no, Carolina's made a name for it's. Uh, this is yeah, Carolina's question. doing great. <laughs> this is a weird question. Like, can any team really afford Jack Eichel? Where Jack Eichel would be the difference maker who sets them into being a true playoff team? Vancouver. 
Vancouver. Ah, Vancouver's got a lot of young people coming up on ELCs uh, with Pedersen and uh, Hughes. Pedersen and, and Hughes is coming up. Could um, Montreal? I'm trying to think of who Montreal's got. Realistically, if a trade package can uh, included Nick Suzuki uh, or Kotkaniemi, uh, I'm no, guessing I, Suzuki. Kotkaniemi's not going anywhere. No, you, I mean, you don't Berger- trade. Hey, you know Bergevin has all the balls in the world to go for a guy like Jack. Eichel. Well, that's exactly it. And theoretically, I wonder if they could swing it. But you've got to find a team who's got the cap space for him. That's a hard thing, unless Buffalo's going to retain money. No. They're, they might. Oh, that'd be, they might. Oh, they're dumb. They're they stupid. Might. Yeah, they are stupid. It, I feel bad for Jack Eichel because he's given management plenty of time to do something. He's given them six years at this point. He's now, given them a potential you know, number one defenseman in Rasmus Dahlin. Management has done shit all with every chance that Jack Eichel's given them. He voiced Could, his frustration before the season and he stuck it out. And again, nothing to show for it. Could Arizona afford him? But does Arizona want to fork out the actual dollars? Because we know that here's the thing though, with losing, they don't have a first round pick this year. Yeah. They don't have, they didn't have a second round pick last year. They don't have a legitimate first line center. They barely have a legitimate second line center. uh, In my mind, if they had put together some sort of package that involved Oliver Ekman Larson or, Oh man. Chetron was phenomenal this year, uh, but maybe they say, hey, we need something. I I don't know. That, that's a team that is drastically lacking any sort of center that could use it. I'm going to take a look. I mean, yeah, Arizona, I don't know. I just think they have a lack of assets. Like OEL, like you, you've seen defensemen go to Buffalo to die. And oh yeah, but kinda... that's when they're developed. I mean, I wonder if an already developed defenseman could. I-, I used to say Carolina was where I wanted Jack Eichel to go, but I don't think oh, he'd that. fit in Carolina anymore. No, he, like he wouldn't though. Like that's the thing they've. they've Carolina's really nice loaded chem- it forward, and... and they've got a really nice chemistry. I wouldn't want to disrupt that with a strong personality like Eichel. Uh, uh, the Kings. Uh, they got a deep prospect pool. Oh, uh, the Kings. What? What? But, uh, but, 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 but uh, <laughs> Turcot, I mean, you got Turcotte and Byfield playing center, so that kind of takes them out of the equation. I mean, if you packaged Turcotte and because uh, what do we do with Anze Kopitar? Uh, he's old. You kind of just third line him. Yeah. But he's making ten or ten point five mil a year for a couple of years. But they still, they have all the money in the world. The Kings don't—they're not spending that. I mean, you got Dowdy. Dowdy's at eleven something. You got Dowdy. Uh, Dustin Brown might be there. Minnesota. Yeah, Dustin Brown's still there. Quick is still there. The Wild. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Ooh, we'll see. We'll see. hold up. What about the Ducks? The Wild actually. Hold on. They got a good prospect pool. You put him on a first line with Zuccarello and Kaprizov. I could play this game. Well, actually, timeout. I don't want that. Why do <laughs> I don't want him? I don't want him in yeah, the central. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, Nick, wait, how dare you? Uh, Why would you right, put anyways, that? Like, the ducks. Anyways, the ducks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ducks fly forever. Quack, 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 quack. <laughs> Great. Uh, him and Zegris have fun. Yes. 
And Zegers and Drysdale will just control the league. Anyways, let's get this bad thought out of my mind. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So yeah, Eichel watch is back on. So that's going to occupy a lot of time. Uh, That's the big story of the offseason. Put your your bets in now for the pool on where Eichel ends up going. This can be the fucking wild. Yeah. Now you Um, put that out there. The last piece of news that I have to talk about, um, Conor McDavid hits 100 points on the season. Absolutely unbelievable. We haven't seen this in a very long time. Good I mean, it helps that you're playing the shitty Canadian teams. That is pretty fair. (laughs) But Uh, still, 100 points is nothing to scoff at. He is ridiculous. I mean, guys, this is the best hockey player we're ever going to watch. At least he's at least the great of this era. Listen here, child. I watched Gretzky as a kid. I'm sorry. I'm fucking young. All right. Sue me. (laughs) (laughs) But no, just crazy milestone for McDavid. A hundred points. Like he didn't even hit a hundred points in the regular season. And like you said, yeah, he's kind of got the Canadian teams to sort of sneak points off. Hundred points is a hundred points. That's it. You don't get that. You don't get those numbers without being really good. (laughs) Yep. All right. Let me give you some stats. Or just Let's kind give of... some stats. Yeah. Doctor right. stats. Give you some stats. Most points per game in NHL history, minimum 400 games played. Coming at number one, Wayne Gretzky, 1.92. Mario Lemieux, 1.88. Mike Bossy, 1.5. Connor McDavid, 1.4. And right under him is Bobby Orr at 1.39. You ever heard of oh. those guys? <laughs> Never heard. Now, of is that a big deal? <laughs> just, just, just two of the best of all time. And then, you know, throw Connor McDavid in there. Uh, and then the, last night, tonight marks the eighth time in last 10 games that Connor McDavid has three points or more in a game. So, you know, I mean, just the guy's fucking ridiculous. He's unreal. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's... But he plays for Edmonton. <laughs> Boy, that makes me so sad. I don't know. He's just unreal. I mean, what else is he? Is there just, he, he is our current Gretzky. Uh, and it's just unreal. To watch. I, I just think it's a shame that the rest of the team can't uh, well it, and it goes back to getting these big contracts too early in my opinion is he worth every cent yes does it make it infinitely harder to build a team around him yes did they also mismanage and bungle building that team with the limited resources they had also yes uh that's another one where i just feel bad that the Greatest player of our generation. Yeah, I, I'll agree with you on that 100%. Uh, is being, we're, we're being robbed of legitimate playoff hockey with him. I know they'll make it this year, but uh, I think they'll make it. This, they're in the playoffs, right? Yeah, they're guaranteed yeah. to be the playoffs. Okay, good, good, good. I got nervous for a second as I was saying that. But uh, I just, I don't know. I'd like to see him more. And I, I hate that he's on a team where we don't get to see him more. For sure. I mean, credit to Edmonton, though. They have done a better job with their drafting recently, and they yeah. have done a better job with developing after they've drafted him. I mean, Leon Drysaddle was a good pick. It. Yep. Um, Tyler uh, Yamamoto. Yep, Yamamoto was a good one. Evan Bouchard was a good one. Um, Darnell Nurse has projected out pretty well. Clef Baum is still phenomenal. He was out most of this year, so that hurt them too. Uh, they don't have a goalie. Yeah, that's bear's been decent. Yeah, they don't have a goalie. Jonathan Bernier? <laughs> Man, maybe. 
I'm just saying, man, like he's got the stats to prove that he can win. Legitimately, a a goalie like Bernier, all you need is a consistent goalie behind that team. You you don't need an all-star goalie, but if you can have a consistent goalie like a Bernier uh, behind that defense and that offense, suddenly you've got a chance. When Mike Smith is your best shot, no disrespect to Mike Smith, but he's on the wrong side of age. Uh, that's your problem. Yep. Yeah. I mean, one last thing. 82 game season. Connor McDavid's on pace for 154 points. Is that, that's is that, absurd. Is that a big deal? <laughs> yeah, I, you, are you kidding me? <laughs> you got a factor. Am I, am I if, supposed to be impressed? If, if the North division wasn't a thing and they were all split up like they were supposed to be, yes, he'd probably be hitting 100. He's not hitting 154. If he's playing Tampa's, if he's playing pittsburgh if he's playing i don't know boston uh but yeah but then he gets to play detroit <laughs> sorry sorry hey, we, we've done well against edmonton you watch and sorry. actually david camp does have a habit of shutting down connor mcdavid here in chicago so yeah. we did beat them in the play-in round last year i just want to put that one out yeah. or buffalo you know he if he gets to play buffalo he might put up 10 points in a game. okay see that's there you go <laughs> yeah. now <laughs> i mean all right yeah one last thing about connor mcdavid I mentioned Kevin Lincoln's name probably, what, 150 times this year. That's the amount of points he's going to have this season. We're the same age. So uh, congrats to Conor McDavid on a terrific season. And Jesus Christ, I can't wait to watch him going forward. He's that young? He's my age. He's younger than me by four days. Not a big deal. Boy, here we are. Uh, You don't know who Gretzky is. All right. I'm Marcus Kruger's age, so I'll tell you what that is. Do your do your hunting and math. <laughs> Stop age shaming me, would you, David? Jesus, I'll be dead in three years. Don't worry. And me too. How old I am? Uh, but that's it for the league news. We can do our <laughs> flashback. Oh yeah, we still got that. <laughs> It's going to be me and Jordan and then a couple of like ghosts. <laughs> so weekend at Bernie's baby. This was the last week of the NHL schedule for the wings and the Hawks because neither team made the postseason. We knew we, we were pretty sure of that going into this season. Neither the wings nor the Hawks were playoff teams Definitely. and the Hawks admittedly had a lot more hope than the wings did. It was fun. Neither team made it. And you know what? Their last week was this week. The Hawks are playing their last game of the season tonight. Is it over? No. Well, it's going to overtime because it's 4-4. So the Wings game this week, or Wings games this week, they played the Columbus Blue Jackets twice. They had a 5-2 win, and then they had a 5-4 overtime loss. The 5-2 win was a juicy one. I liked it. The 5-4 overtime loss Aside from the overtime, and it's not because they lost, just aside from the overtime looking ugly, that game was a beautiful and such a fun game to watch. It was so fun. It was so fun. Both games are fun to watch. Like, yeah, we lost in overtime, but who gives a damn? It didn't matter. But seeing us just going back and forth and back and forth, and then the 5-2 win, like we just utterly destroyed them. So I loved our 5v5 in the, uh, the last game of the season. The overtime was a it was atrocious. The turnover by Gustav Lindstrom and the turnover by Svechnikov really kind of set the pace for the overtime, which I did not like. I thought Detroit was constantly on defense during overtime. But you know what? Phelps, Adina, he looked real good. Real I love, good. I love Phelps. 
he is he is great i can't wait to see him continue to grow like i hate the people on facebook like you've talked about that they're like oh he's, he should be a world record right now i'm like he's growing dude he's not even in his prime yet once he's in his prime he's gonna be filling those nets it, like he's worked on his two two-way game like dylan larkin has he's Everyone labeled him a scorer, but you know what? He's going to be, by all accounts, it looks like more of a two-way passer who can shoot from slot. And I still like him. He's still a very smart player. He showed that these past two games. I mean, case in point, watch one of, I think it was during the second period of the last game, he had this crazy good rush where he went through four guys and he knows how to use the puck with the ice to break through defenders already. Jordan, we've seen this in the beginning of the season where you had the no look pass for the goal. And the, yeah. The like, like, he has shown immense growth. I mean, he, it's the sky's the limit. And like, the thing is like, I know people want to see Zadina score goals. I want to see oh, it yeah. too. But again, you got to remember something players Yes, they can be good on their own, but they're also a product of the players around them. And Zadina didn't have Larkin centering him. He didn't have a franchise-level centerman centering him. He's got guys like Philpola, Rasmussen centering him who are not terrible centers, but they're not true playmakers. They're guys who are these like two-way serviceable players in the league. So Zadina's got to do a lot of work himself. And you know what? He's still really young. He's 21. It's yeah. You got to have some patience. Sky's the limit. Breaking news, game over. Yeah. Yeah, and uh man, just like that, there goes the Hawk season. Hawks losing overtime five to four. And uh, that's a wrap. Like, look, yes, we lost five to four, but I want to acknowledge shots on goal. The stars had 50 shots on goal. Oh, classic Red Wings. The Blackhawks <laughs> had 23. Classic Red Wings. Yep. That they <laughs> Colin Delia, God bless him, made 45 saves. That it, any other day, that's the biggest, like, that's phenomenal. You win the game if you make 45 saves. Yep. Well, we had a lot of fun, folks. <laughs> um, Tim and Nick, you guys taking me through the Hawks week this week because you guys had your final week of the season now this week of, or this end of the season week this week as well. Yeah. 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 Uh <laughs> We took one from Dallas, so yeah. I'm happy. It's kind of just, it's weird, boys. Like, yeah. This, this year, like, it went by so fast, and now here we are. Like, yep. it's, it kind of, like tonight wrapped it all up for our season. For I season. mean, we had a lot of laughs. We made a lot of memories. We had a lot of little victories. All the friends we've made along the way. I mean, yeah. yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe the playoffs were in us the whole time. And it was just the adventure that got us there. Uh, <laughs> I'm just waiting for Tom Wilson to pop out of that closet behind you and just call. Oh, I'm just going to, yeah, sock to the back of the head. There I am. Uh, but no, realistically, like, we we held our own against Dallas. Yeah. I And if you think about it, Keith wasn't in this game because he, he took a linesman's knee to the face and got a concussion, uh, which that's just the epitome of our season. Yeah. Uh, we're so this year we have been ridiculously unlucky mm-hmm. with losing a defenseman in a game. Yeah. I, we might've led the league in the amount of games where we were down to five, five or four defensemen. Uh, so I'm thrilled that we took one from Dallas. I'm thrilled that we took it to overtime tonight. I'm glad uh, Delia got a win. I, 
if I was to take one super, super positive, I'm glad that Lankanen got a win with fans in the United yeah. Center. You could just see him out there as the star of the game, just basking in a little bit. This childlike yeah. smile on his face. You that know, was good. Yeah, it, it showed, you know, Lankanen, yeah, he deserves it uh, for what he really kind of did for this team this season. I was glad to see him get a win in front of fans. Yeah. He, it, it was, he was His quote was like, he was, this is the first time I get to truly experience what Blackhawks fans are like. So it, it was awesome to see that he was kind of cherishing the moment, soaking it all in. It shows he belongs to. Like he, he may not be our one A going forward. He's gonna be. He's gonna be part of the team. And uh, yeah, I mean, shit. Here it is. Like this is it. Yeah. Year's over. Uh, we hope you enjoyed your stay. Uh, it's what's that song by the Killers? It's good to have you, Mr. Brightside. No, 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 no. <laughs> Going out of my pants. It's good to have you with us. I don't know. I don't know. I don't um, listen to the killers. I, I, but no, I mean, you got to be impressed. You got to be, be impressed with what we had. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, my like God. It, one, in the grand scheme, this year was phenomenal. It was yeah. exciting to watch the Blackhawks. Even near the end of the season still, we were in it. Like, yes. there was still hope late into the season. This was an infinitely more exciting, more rewarding season than any of us thought we were going to have with the Hawks. Yeah, We talked earlier, we both expected us to be fighting not for the division, but for the bottom two spots in the league. And, you know, you guys went into the season with Taves out with Doc and Doc. everything else. Nylander. No goalie. No goal. No, no definitive goalie. You guys were expecting nothing and you were pleasantly surprised. We just, I think, what was it? 10 rookies made their NHL yeah. debut. And it's it, it that's such a misleading stat because guys like Hagel and Bodan got one game last year. Yeah. So like, listen, they were <laughs> they they also got their start. Like, yeah. it's phenomenal. I mean, what a what a heck of a season for growth and development. A lot. I joke around all the time, but lots of legitimate small victories that we can build on. It, it's at least still exciting and energizing. I look forward to what we do moving forward. Yeah. yeah there's promise. Uh, there's pro- there's promise. Uh, I mean, maybe not bright. We got, we got to see what these guys, if these guys can continue what they showed this year. Yeah, I, I, talking I, about us. Sorry. The future's bright. Oh, oh, okay. We you have know. 22 picks in the next two drafts. You know. All right. Yeah, we okay. Got, okay. We're up okay. there. We're up there. Um, no, but yeah, fun season. 10, 10 rookies dressed up. Uh, and then you, again, including guys like Hagel and uh, what was it? But I, but I, I yeah, you. sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, there was one late development thing I, I wanted to bring up before we close it out. One thing for, uh, for just to continue what we we're talking about. Oh, sorry. For both teams, the games were fun to watch. Yeah. Like, we both oh, 100%. Like you, guys, you guys competed with the defending Stanley Cup champions with your team of kids. And so did you. Yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> and, and then we, we competed with one another. Our games yeah. weren't terrible. No. Our so rivalry our our 19 rivalry weeks that we had this season. God, that so was a treat, a real legitimate fun. treat. That was fun. Now now this is the point of the show where we're just kind of reminiscing about all the fun. I hope you had the time of your life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but here's a one quote where we might yeah maybe this is the end of pat foley uh, i guess while we're recording he said had i been traveling with the team this year i might have put a bullet in my head live on air <laughs> bye so no 
I love Pat Foley. So that was one of Pat Foley's final quotes of the season. I mean, that might that they that might make it through. Uh, uh, that oh. might make it through. It didn't. <laughs> Talking about killing yourself. Ooh. I mean, let's see how Twitter react. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I didn't say that. I'm sorry if I offended some folks. Apparently I did, so I apologize. Oh, God. And it was about the tr- team's travel restrictions this season. Uh-huh. Yeah, but you, yeah. Oh, I love that, but you can't be dropping yeah. that on. Uh... Yeah. Let me just check to, ah, oh, geez. Don't kid. Uh, all right. Yeah, sorry. That I get. Um, anyways, fun season. Let's not end uh, this, our, our team season on that note, uh, you know. Red Wings showed some promise. Blackhawks showed some promise. And uh, as an episode's titled, there's always next year. There's always next year, boys. There is always next year. But you know what? There is one last thing that we need to do for this show. You know what, everybody? I want to to put a quick disclaimer. The Stickblade podcast is not to be held legally responsible for your lost betting money, for your (sighs) lost friendships, or any other form of currency that you're about to lose the Stanley Cup playoffs based on what we say or think. So with that being said, fellas, the playoffs are set. We know who all is in. We all know who's going to be matching up. We've seen the teams this season. Everybody, who are you guys picking to win it all? I want to start with you, Tim, and we'll just work our way around the uh, Hurricanes. Around the square. Okay, the Canes. Ooh. David? Who? Um, you know what? I'm going to go with a shot in the dark. Colorado. Okay. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Um, I think Nashville. Get all right. I'm hanging up. (laughs) (laughs) Nick has quit the podcast. Can't hear you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Nashville. Yeah. That's a sin. Nick, cleanse my palate. What do you got? (laughs) If. Boston. If no, oh, boy, he's no. couching his statements already. If they get past Tampa Bay, the Florida Panthers. Okay. All right. Spencer Knight. I mean, I made a bold prediction of Tim saying Spencer Knight's going to take over and win a con smites, maybe. I don't know. I mean, you know, he might. Uh, but yeah, that's it for the show tonight, everybody. It's been a long one, but again, it's the end of the season. The season's officially over. There are no more games for the Hawks and Wings, unfortunately. No more fun news to talk about, games to reminisce on, players to bash, players to praise. Just the season's over, but that doesn't mean that the show's over. We're going to keep doing stuff during the off season, like we've always done, so keep keep tuned to the uh, the show. There's going to be a show we're thinking every two weeks, maybe every three weeks, depending on how the news is going around the league at the end of the day this is a podcast it's by fans it's for fans so we want to make sure that we are thinking about you guys as well so we don't want to waste your guys's time watching the show or listening to the show playoffs we're still continuing once a week right yeah we'll be doing yeah. the playoff show but and in then, terms of like actual hawks and wings news yeah yeah sorry 
but that's that's going to be it for our show. Um, as always, feel free to get in touch with the podcast. Give us a like, a share, a follow, whatever the social media currency of choices on the platform that you're listening or watching us on. There are ample ways to do it. You can get in contact with us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash Podcast. You can get in touch with us on Twitter. The Twitter handle is at StickBladePod. We're on Facebook. You can email us at stickbladepodcast at gmail.com. We're on Apple Podcasts as well. I mean, or even on YouTube for that matter. So just whatever your podcast form is, we're probably on there. So feel free, like I said, to give us a like, a follow, share, whatever the currency is of choice. And feel free to give us, you know, your comments and questions, stuff like that. We always enjoy engaging with you guys on the show every once in a while when we get the chance. And, you know, with this being the end of the season, we want stuff to talk about. So send us stuff to talk about, please. You guys take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. And in the meantime... Let's just enjoy the playoffs and just watch for some crazy upsets. You guys have a good evening. Take care.